Welcome, listeners. This is for episode 106 of the Slump Buster Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports, and my guest today is going to be Jay in the Bay. What's good? On today's episode, we talked the disappointing career of Josh Rosen, the quarterback competition in San Francisco, and preview the NFC West. But before we do that, folks, it's time to give a shout out to our partners. Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never-ending quest to do better, be better, love harder, and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their nitro cold brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their mammoth blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their hibiscus teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code slump, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products. CavemanCoffeeCo.com, promo code slump. Guys, don't be a chump. Use promo code slump and get yourself a case today. All right, listeners, this is for the episode. Juju Talk Sports, Jay in the Bay. Episode 106, let's get it, let's bust the slump, and let's enjoy. Slump Busters, it's time for episode 106 of the Slump Buster Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports, and my guest today is going to be Jay in the Bay. My first question, my guest here, what's good? Or God, how do you do that, man? I, I'm trying to mimic it. I, I just... just uh, with, with a lot of practice, but first I got to say, faithful Niner Empire, what's good? There you we know, go. That's the ticket there. Your boy, Jay in the Bay. I appreciate uh, being on your platform tonight, man. How's your night going? Oh, it's going great down here. You know, I'm just doing a little bit of show research, getting ready, getting ready for the season. Got a couple more days until we get to see a little bit more of Jimmy G action. Get to see a little bit more Trey Lance action uh, in the Bay. So that's going to be very exciting. How's your night, Matt, going, man? Hey, it's going great. And it's always good to talk about the faithful, the Niner Empire. It's always good to talk about the Niners. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, obviously, we've got the Chargers upcoming this week, and I'm looking forward to see what we can accomplish in the preseason game. Before we get into it, man, I just want to say congratulations. I saw you cross the thousand subscriber mark a couple of weeks ago. And as a young independent creator myself, you know, I know how important that mark is. So congratulations, yeah. man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's been a lot of hard work. Uh, but what I didn't realize about YouTube is that it's all about building a community. It's all about building that fan base. Um, and I've got to meet a lot of people, including yourself, who I never would have met if I didn't, you know, hit that record button on YouTube about a year ago. So it's been an un- unbelievable journey. What's the biggest thing you learned about yourself in this time, you know, putting yourself out there on camera? Facing your fears, right? For me, like, you know, talking in front of a camera, trying to be yourself, hoping people like your personality. There's a lot of behind the scenes things that go on as well. Uh, just like, you know, show prep, um, getting the lighting right, getting the right setup, the computer, the mic, everything. So it's been a, a cool journey. I wish I would have started doing YouTube a long time ago, um, but I'm glad I did. You know, I'm glad I'm at where I'm at now and, and Jay in the Bay. And of course, you can find me, Jay in the Bay, YouTube, IG, Twitter. Check me out, subscribe. I'll talk about the faithful. I'll talk about the Niner Empire. And um, I'm glad I'm here and I'm glad I'm um, speaking about my passion and that is the 49ers. Well, let me get this question for you, because I've heard you use both terms here. Which do you prefer for our fan base, the empire or the faithful? Because oh, I I do there's both. a lot of debate on Twitter there. I, I know Jimmy both. G got I... in trouble for calling us the Niner Nation at one point. 
Yeah, yeah. So the, the nation, yeah, we're definitely not the Niner Nation. I believe that's that's reserved for the Raiders. But uh, you know, the faithful, you know, your your fans, no matter if you win or you lose. Um, no matter how this is going, I think that's why the, the Niners have the term faithful. And then the empire, I think we can be both. We can be the faithful and the empire. I got to say, I really like that hat you got rocking on there, the Thank faithful you. to the Bay here. I just Absolutely. wish the Bay was a little bit more faithful to us last season when they kicked us out of our home <laughs> county and said it's Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I mean, but yeah, last year was a crazy year. You know, every team had to deal with, well, we, we got it kind of worse because we weren't even able to play in our home stadium. We had to play in Arizona, but it was a crazy year last year. Uh, hopefully things are getting better, you know, uh, as far as, you know, the COVID and all that. We we are continuing to progress with the vaccine and all that good stuff. I heard Nick Bosa got the vaccine shot. So that, that's good news. Uh, hopefully more players get it, I think. I think honestly, and my thought on the vaccine as a whole is I do get it's a personal choice thing. But if you're an NFL player, the fact that you don't have to get tested every day, I think just makes it worth it. As someone who's went through that no swab more than a couple of times is like the worst thing ever. I hate it. It's like getting yeah. nasally raped right there. And not, right, right. not about that. <laughs> exactly. That, that is not a fun thing. And, uh, you know, hopefully more players get it. And um, yeah, ho hopefully there won't be too many players missing games because of, you know, uh, COVID. So. Well, you know, Kirk Cousins won't because he's got that plexiglass window that he's putting above himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think it's, it, for me, it's, this isn't the normal flu. I think we all understand that, right? Normally, your body can fight things off, but th this is a, another level and you have to protect yourself. I, I think it's different for people who work from home, whatever, you wear a mask, you social distance, but you're going to be out and about with the public all the time. You got to protect yourself. And I think, you know, it's just my personal opinion. Everyone's free to their own, of course, but you got to protect yourself. And the vaccine seems to be the best way. I think for me, it's just, I wanted to live my life again. I was so right. tired of this thing. And it, even though I don't like needles, and I think I've heard an insane statistic that a lot of people just aren't getting it because they don't like needles. Guys, right. trust me, as much as I hate them myself, and if I hate them, if there is a hell, it's with needles, spires, and it's me falling off a cliff. Those are like my right, right. three bugaboos there. Right. Quick, easy, done. Um, if you're feeling a little bit sick after it, what I suggest, take a walk outside, let some natural light, some natural air hits you, helps a ton. I think so many people go wrong with it where they're just kind of like chilling on their couch, just laying to go through their body, but it's not that bad guys. Yeah. It's pretty easy. And like I said, just going being able to live in society normally, I, I think is one of the biggest benefits of it on it. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, let's get into some Niners talk. And like I said, we're going to be completely unbiased. This can be objective. We're breaking down the NFC West, but, you know, we are honest journalists, right, Jay and the Bay? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, starting with my first topic here. So the, the biggest news out of Niners camp recently, and it's not the hugest impact on the roster, but it is big news. Josh Rosen cut fifth team he's going for in four years. What do you make of this man's career? I heard that you're a little bit more sympathetic for him. You th don't think he really got a fair shake on it. But what's really next for Josh Rosen? Yeah, uh, you know, the Josh Rosen story is it's a nightmare. I know NFL player wants to have the start to their career like Josh Rosen the first five years. I mean, it's great. He was a, a first round pick. That's great. But in Arizona, you know, no one expected him to succeed really in Arizona. You can't expect a rookie quarterback just to have one year and up. Oh, we got to get rid of him just because you bring in a new head coach. So he, he kind of got shortchanged there. 
Then he gets traded to Miami. Now, Miami, I think he had a more fair shot. He was able to compete with, I think it was Fitzmagic that was there. Uh, he couldn't get the starting job. Um, then he gets cut. Tampa Bay picks him up. You know, at least he gets to learn there under the toolage of TB12. But, you know, everyone knew he wasn't going to get the starting job. The Niners pick him up. And um, he's just basically been a backup uh, after Arizona. He's just been a backup. Uh, I'm sure another team will pick him up. And as you mentioned, it will be his fifth team in five years. And, uh, you know, I, I hear backup quarterbacks make a good living. So at this point, that's kind of what Rosen has to look forward to, you know? I just wonder, I know that being a first round pick and certainly being a top 10 pick gives you a lot of equity in the league and keeps you around for years. Heck, even a Chase Daniels and, Christian Ponder and these guys just circulate around the league for years. And you're like, Oh, that guy's playing on Sunday. Wow. I haven't heard that one since college, but when it comes to Josh, there was always that like talk about him not really having his heart in the game. Maybe he'd be interested in playing pro tennis or he's a rich kid. He doesn't really need this. So I kind of wonder like with the added pressure of, again, people see this, people see this headline, it's almost up there with Tebow gang cut, just because of like how much publicity and I was on him in that draft class. And then he made it worse for himself when he made that comment, there was nine mistakes in front of me. One of those mistakes happens to be a almost MVP candidate. And then you look at Baker Mayfield, the number one pick has a, at least a playoff win. And then behind him, 21 picks behind him, you have Lamar Jackson, who's a MVP himself and killing it. So I, I think that Josh, while I do think that he didn't get a fair shake in his first two landing spots, he definitely made it worse for himself. And then you look at the last two situations and I was shocked with Tampa that he couldn't even compete with Blaine Gabbert for the backup job. The fact that he couldn't even paint that roster as the backup, I think was very telling because I think Tampa would have loved to have had him. If he would, the ideal situation for them would be, okay, let's bring in this young quarterback who hasn't really gotten a fair shake. And let's see if we could build him behind Tom Brady. Well, it didn't work out there. Bruce Arians, cut him he was barely even struggling to make the practice squad then he gets with the Niners and I'll admit I was a little optimistic towards the end of last year I was like start him over CJ Beathard I know what CJ is and at least Josh Rosen the potential interests me a lot more it's like the mystery box anything could be the mystery box yeah he might even be CJ Beathard but Josh Rosen just couldn't even get on the field last year towards the end late signing still and then this year he can't even get past Nate Sudfeld really <laughs> can't even battle for the third stream job on a roster. So I wonder, really, I, I just struggle to think that another team's really going to take a chance on him unless he does something crazy, like goes to the CFL, goes to the XFL and balls out, really shows that he has something left in the tank. Because at this point, being on practice squads, uh, being in training camps, it doesn't seem to give him the shine that he really needs. Well, it seems like, you know, you mentioned earlier that he doesn't necessarily need the check. Um, you know, he, he comes from money which, you know, more power to him for that. But it seems like his heart is in the game. I mean, no one's forcing him to continue to play football. Uh, he could have easily retired. But, you know, I, I just think it's almost like he's damaged goods at this point. Uh, I, I would be surprised if he actually gets a legit shot uh, to be a starting quarterback after, you know, this will be his fifth team once, once he signs with another team. And I, I imagine uh, that will happen because there are injuries. And uh, I, I'd imagine he, he is a veteran quarterback. You know, he's been in the league five years but I just think he's he's a backup I just don't see another team giving him a legit shot to win a starting job been in the league five years but has less career starts than Jamarcus Russell heard that stat today and it's like wow, wow that tells you how crazy. bad his career is where does he rank <laughs> on that all-time bust list with that wow. said I, but here's the thing I think 
Jamarcus Russell was actually given a shot with the Raiders. He was, you know, he just didn't make the most of his opportunity. With Rosen, you know, you could, you could argue his legs were cut from under him because they traded him after one year. You know, most of the time, first-round picks don't get traded after their first year. That, that's pretty rare. And um, yeah, I don't know if he lost his confidence. I, I mean, how could he still be confident right after, you know, being cut so many times? But uh, he's still in the league, and uh, I'd imagine he would get signed probably before week one, I would imagine. I just can't name an ideal landing spot off the top of my head when I really think about it, because at this point, he's been with two great offensive coaches in those last two stops, and both of them said, no, we're good here. So who knows? Maybe even the Niners consider bringing him back if something happens to Nate Sudfeld. As we know, injuries tend to happen with the Niners, unfortunately, way too well. (laughs) We know that one. Way too often, yeah. But one of the big excitements, obviously, is the return of preseason. On my last podcast, we stated – it's the most exciting preseason I think we've had in years. I think obviously just the idea of being able to see all these young rookie quarterbacks on the field, uh, the return of fans coming off of that COVID year that was. Uh, what was some of the biggest highlights you saw from this postseason? Doesn't need to, or this preseason doesn't just need to be Niners talk. Well, I'm like you. I've never been excited for the preseason. I've been a fan of the Niners since I would say about '98. And uh, I've never really been excited for the preseason, but this is the first time we've drafted a quarterback in the first round since 2005, you know, Alex Smith. And I was very excited for obviously Trey area, of course, the young bull, the, the future franchise quarterback, but also we got a lot of young talent. We got, you know, three guys in the secondary, two offensive linemen, uh, two running backs, uh, got a undrafted free agent wide receiver. So there's a lot of talent, a lot of rookie talent that, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, in preseason and in uh, in the rest of training camp. Tell me, besides uh, Trey Lance, who was your favorite rookie quarterback in the NFL to see? Or hell, even Jordan Love was out there. That was also interesting to see for the first time. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got, you know, you got Zach Wilson, probably Justin Fields. I mean, I'm excited, of course, about Trey. I want to see what he continues to do with the 49ers. And uh, I think he's in the best situation as far as a rookie quarterback that gets drafted this year. You know, you look at the Jags, you look at the Jets, they're both rebuilding franchises. The 49ers are in a perfect situation to win now. Um, But I think that because we're in a situation to win now, Jimmy G is the best fit for the team moving forward. I think at least, you know, starting the season, I think Jimmy G is probably the best fit to start uh, week one. And then you look at Justin Fields in Chicago, Mac Jones in New England. I think they're in good fits as well. But I think we have one of the best play callers, play designers in Kyle Shanahan. And, um, you know, I think the sky is the limit for Trey in this offense. I completely agree with you. And I think with that said, without further ado, it's time to get into this NFC West preview, especially since we like to start from the bottom to the top. And unfortunately, our Niners were at the bottom of the division last year, Uh, finished six and 10 this season. uh, Vegas has them at a 10 and a half over underline uh, for wins and losses. Uh, my prediction, I have this team rebounding. I have us going 12 and five. Niners are back, baby, coming yeah. off of well, obviously last season. It's all going to come down to injuries, though. I tell you, this has been one of the biggest things that has marked this team. I don't know who snake bit us. I don't know who put this hex on us. But the Niners and injuries just go hand in hand over the last couple of years. And this even predates the Kyle Shanahan administration. Uh, some big acquisitions. Obviously, we bring in Alex Mack. We re-signed a bunch of our own guys. Fred Warner just got paid. D Ford got a new deal. Kyle Juszczyk's back. The secondary, we got Kaywon Williams and Jason Verrett back out there. Um, and then the draft, of course. Uh, Trey Lance comes to town. Aaron Banks, uh, rookie guard. Unfortunately, he just went down with shoulder injury. 
And then you mentioned a couple others in the secondary, Avery Thomas, uh, Demondor Lenore, and Hufanga. I'm struggling still with his first name, but at least I can say Hufanga. Um, (laughs) Either way, all these additions in total, I think, are very exciting for the Niners. Jay, when I say 12 and 5, what do you think? Uh, You read my mind. Uh, I was saying 12 and 5 as well. Uh, Lynch did an excellent job in adding talent in the offseason, you know, revamping the offensive line, as you mentioned, adding Alex Mack, you know, re-signing the big silverback, you know, Trent Williams. You know, he's going to be protecting the blind side of our quarterback for years to come. And also, I was surprised going into this offseason, we had only one corner that was uh, signed through this year, and Lynch was able to re-sign Kwan Williams, uh, Mosley, and Jason Verrett. Uh, so we'll at least have those three guys for the next year. And um, I think that that'll be great. He made additions along the defensive line, adding Arden Key, uh, Samson Ibukum from the good old L.A. Rams. Uh, it was good that we picked him up. Maurice Hurst, uh, Zach Kerr, we brought back Kevin Givens. D. Ford is looking healthy. You know, I, I don't want to get too excited. We'll see what happens when the games start. Um, but yeah, I think Lynch did an excellent job revamping this team, adding weapons. I wish we would have added more weapons offensively. Um, but hey, you know, Trent Sherfield looks good in camp. Muhammad Sanu looks good. And of course, we added two running backs in the draft, and I think they will help as well. So yeah, I, I agree. 12 and 5. That sounds good to me. I think one thing the Niners could benefit, and they did this a couple years ago, obviously, in our Super Bowl run, is look at the trade market for a veteran wide receiver because I, I do kind of hate the third wide receiver. Like at this point, I, I know Trent Sherfield shined obviously in the first preseason game and has looked good in camp. But I think we could use a little bit more veteran presence. I know Mohamed Sanu's out there, but Mohamed Sanu was looking, I don't know, pretty lackluster the last couple of years. I'm happy to hear that he's been looking better, but I don't know if we can depend on that throughout the course of the season. I think, um, again, we'll, we'll see. Uh, one of the big storylines, of course, is the quarterback position when he talks to the Niners. I'm in agreement with you, man. I think Jimmy just needs to be the starter this year. And I think even the preseason game, now I know we can't make too much of the preseason game, but it showed that Trey still has some stuff to work on. And Jimmy, if he is healthy on the field, we know one thing that happens. We win games. Right. And that is his best attribute. Until that stops being his best attribute, I think he needs to continue to be out there. In fact, I think at this point, if Jimmy G can go out there and win some games, and we are seriously talking about a trade later on, it could only benefit him if he has one more season like he had in 2019. Yeah, that, that's the ideal situation. Like, uh, best case scenario, Jimmy G plays all, you know, 17 games this year. He stays healthy. He doesn't turn the ball over and the team is winning. Then we trade him in the offseason. But going back to the wide receiver situation, uh, you know, we still have Juwan Jennings. He's looked good in camp. I mentioned Trent Sherfield. And of course, I agree with you. I wanted the Niners to at least draft a wide receiver or at least get a veteran wide receiver in free agency, which they did. I think well, they got Alan Hearns. They got a few wide receivers, but it, but it didn't uh, didn't turn out. Um, but it seemed like the Niners wanted to continue to evaluate and, and cultivate the wide receivers that were currently in the wide receiver room, like Jalen Hurd. Obviously, it just doesn't seem like he can be consistently on the field, unfortunately, but he was a third round pick, uh, you know, a few years ago. And um, I think that's part of the reason why they did not want to get a wide receiver. But I agree. I think that we should have. Uh, we need someone to replace Kendrick Bourne's production, but hopefully we've got three guys who can at least be close to that, if not more, with Trent Sherfield, Jennings, and Sanu. I think it's their position to lose after uh, Ayuk and Debo. Going back to the quarterback, I think Jimmy G should start the whole season, and Shanahan said he's going to sprinkle in just a skosh 
of Trey Lance to kind of offset the defense. Um, and the defense will have to prepare for Trey Lance and Jimmy, and that'll present problems for the defense, which, hey, that, that makes good sense for our offense. Jay, I'm going to give you the biggest question that I need to answer, though. Again, Absolutely. why are we always so banged up, man? Can you answer this one? Is it a <laughs> we, Did we build Levi Stadium on an Indian burial ground? What is it, man? <laughs> I wish I had my, my crystal ball here. You know, I could rub it, um, and I could tell you, you know, maybe it's a curse from the Niners leaving Candlestick in San Francisco. You know, maybe it's that. Um, but honestly, you know, I don't know what Shanahan can do. If the players get maintenance days off, Shanahan is criticized by some people. Oh, the guys aren't practicing hard enough. You know, they, they need to be there consistently. And then if if, if the guys are practicing every day and, and there's an injury, oh, you, you got to give these guys some days off. Why, why are you practicing them so much? Like I, I hear this, this noise out there. Shanahan can't really do anything right. But it's football. It's, it's a physical game. You can't just wake up week one like we did in 2020 and just say, hey, it's time to play some football. It's a contact sport. You have to you have to slowly ramp up. You have to hit. Um, you have to work out. You have to be in shape. And in order to do that, you have to be physical. You have to be on the field. And whenever you're working out, whenever you're experiencing a car crash, you know, every time a lineman hit, that's basically what it is. Guys are just going to get hurt. I mean, it, 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 it just is what it is. I don't know. The Niners could look at maybe getting a different training staff. Okay, maybe, but didn't they do that? They did. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. that before think, 2019? They fired everyone, said we're clearing right. house, right. and then obviously 2020 happened. Right. I mean, you know, the injuries we've already had. You know, Jeff Wilson Jr. seems like it's just a fluke injury. Just in school, you know, he was in his back pedal, and you know, he 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 suffered a season-ending injury. To various more, he was doing cornerback drills or, or safety drills where you're just backpedaling. And then you're going forward to catch the ball. These are drills that players do all the time. These are position drills. How can you prevent that? How can you prevent an injury from someone who's doing a position drill that they've done since Pop Warner? Like, I don't know what Shanahan can do, uh, but, you know, you just got to hope that the injury luck will be on our side this year and we won't have any major injuries to, you know, the most important players on the team. That's what we just got to hope for. Fort Minor got it wrong. It's 10% luck, 20% skill. No, I think it's like 90% luck, especially when yeah. it comes to the Niners there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right, man. Well, I guess with that said, let me ask you this. Who is the most important Niner that needs to stay healthy throughout this season? Most important 49 that needs to stay healthy. Wow. Can I give you, I'll give you one on offense, one on defense. Yes. On defense, I think it's got to be Nick Bosa. I think uh, a secondary's best friend is a pass rush. And if we can get to the passer like we did in 2019, it makes the secondary's job a lot easier. They don't have to cover as much. Uh, the quarterback, you know, gets flustered in the pocket. They can't just stand there all day and, um, you know, look for a receiver to throw the ball to. Um, so I think it's the pass rush, and that's, that's Nick Bosa. That's led by Nick Bosa. On offense, I would say it's Jimmy G. You know, when, when Jimmy G is healthy, look where we went. 2019, uh, went to the Super Bowl. You know, we were a few plays away from winning the Super Bowl. Uh, the, the defense and Jimmy G didn't play their best fourth quarter. We know that. Um, but, yeah, that's what I think. Jimmy G on offense, Nick Bosa on defense. I'll ask you this, too, as a Niners fan, before we move on to the next team. Sure. What was the most heartbreaking Super Bowl loss, the one of the Ravens or the one of the Chiefs? 
I would say the one to the Chiefs because the Ravens, we were getting blown out in the first half and then we, we mounted a comeback in the second half. But I think the one with the Chiefs, because you could argue we were outplaying the Chiefs the first three quarters of the game and we just couldn't finish for whatever reason, whether people say it's Kyle Shanahan's play calling, we should have we ran the ball more or, or Jimmy didn't, didn't make the throw to Emmanuel Sanders or if it was a defense giving up that deep ball to Tyreek. Uh, I think it was definitely the most recent Super Bowl against the Chiefs. That was most disappointing. I asked you that because I did see that kind of circulating on Niners Twitter. And one of the talking points was, man, I really wish Patrick Willis could have got a ring. Navarro Bowman could have got a ring. Right, right. Uh, right. That would have been good. And we were on the six-yard line, too. So, yeah. Anyway. That, that, is, that is true. That is true. All right. Well, that's enough lamenting. Let's move on to the next team, regretfully, the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. <laughs> so, last season, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. So they start off so hot and then just things just went downhill on them. I mean, Kyler Murray loses the game to CJ Beathard there at the end. Vegas has them at eight and a half over under on wins this year. And I, myself, I have them at nine and eight, which basically means forward. I'll give it away. I have this entire division finishing over 500 this year. The NFC West is just filled with landmines. And I think what it's going to come down to really is who could go four and two in this division or who could go five and one in this division. Because right now with all the records, I pretty much had them all splitting because I couldn't decide on those coin flip games who had the advantage on what part. Uh, when it comes to the Cardinals, though, uh, some big acquisitions. They went out there. They got A.J. Green. They went out there. They got J.J. Watt, Malcolm Butler, Rodney Hudson, names you've heard of. Uh, they lost Patrick Peterson, who's been a long timer over there. Uh, they re-signed Justin Pugh, Jordan Hicks. And then on their draft, um, a little bit of a mixed bag at the gate when your first rounder gets arrested. Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa, um, which the Cardinals had arrested. Uh, they seem to know that well over the last couple of years, especially their GM getting pulled over on a DUI, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, <laughs> nine and eight Cardinals. What do you think, man? I think they'll be 10 and seven. And I feel great minds think alike. I think every team will be over 500. And the Cardinals last year, they were they were a pretty good team. Colin Murray, he injured his shoulder, and he just wasn't the same quarterback. And the team, you know, they weren't able to win games. Uh, but as you mentioned, this year, they brought on J.J. Watt. They brought on uh, A.J. Green. A.J. Green has usually been the number one receiver when he was with Cincinnati. And now with the Arizona Cardinals, he'll be the number two. So we'll see if he'll be able to take advantage of that situation. And hopefully for the Cardinals' sake, A.J. Green will be able to stay healthy. You know, I'm not sure if Collins will miss games this year due to his arrest. But, you know, they added Collins at linebacker. They still have the other kid. Um, the I think he's been in the league maybe two years, three years. Uh, linebacker. Isaiah Simmons? Yes, exactly. Clemson. Isaiah Simmons. They have him. You know, they still have Chandler Jones. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think he said he wanted to trade. I don't know if they worked that out yet, but Chandler Jones is, is an exceptional pass rusher. He had a down year last year, and, uh, he, you know, he's in a contract year, so we'll see if he, he balls out. A lot of players like to, you know, play their best ball especially in a contract year, you know, like Eric Armstead. But anyway, uh, I think, you know, the Cardinals, they'll be uh, 10 and seven this year. And, uh, you know, I think they'll finish in last place, unfortunately, because the Niners, Rams, and Seahawks, I think they're just a little bit better, especially when you go into their head coach and front office, for sure. I think there's just the Seahawks, Rams, and Niners are just slightly above the uh, Cardinals in that area. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Cliff Kingsbury, that um, team, uh, as far as their head coach and their GM, have to be on the hottest of hot seats right now heading into this season. Uh, they have to make the playoffs because after last year's collapse, I, I don't know how you move forward with this team if you don't make that kind of improvement because finishing eight and eight is just not going to be good enough for them. There's no way that all of these teams can make the playoffs 
So it's it's questionable if you're Cliff Kingsbury. And I don't know what's next for guys like even like Kyler, too. I know Kyler is an electric talent, don't get me wrong. But if he misses the playoffs, first three seasons of his NFL career with a coach that's almost perfect for him in terms of play style, then I don't know how the Arizona Cardinals necessarily reconcile that, especially when we get into the point where they're starting to talk contract with him. Yeah, and uh, especially with the GM, you know, he drafted Josh Rosen in the first round. And then the next year, also he had a new head coach that year as well. And then the next year you fire the head coach, you get rid of Rosen. Like he's got to be held fully responsible, the GM there. I think his last name is Kime. If this doesn't work out, you brought in a college head coach who had no NFL prior experience. Um, You bring in uh, Kyler Murray. So if this doesn't work out, you know, We'll see. He's been there for a while. He's built up a lot of equity, but, you know, I think he should definitely be on the hot seat. But he might just blame the head coach, fire him, and then maybe try to get Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma or something, you know? I think I saw a crazy stat, and I may be wrong on this, and feel free to jump in the comments if I am wrong, but I want to say that I saw that his first uh, round picks over the last, like, seven years, like, the majority of them aren't even on the roster anymore. So I think that's an ultimate thing against, like, a GM there. Your, right. your first round picks are what really uh, evaluate you. We even talked about like that with John Lynch, obviously that first draft with Solomon Thomas now being gone and uh, Ruben Foster being gone. That's still Disaster. held against him. He's just lucky that in the fifth round, they got George Kittle out of it. Right. Uh, right. But yeah, no, I definitely think Steve Kime um, and then Cliff Kingsbury, this is a do or die year for them. Let's move on to the next team in this division. the LA Rams, big changes in the off season. Obviously last season, they finished 10 and six. Their over-under with Vegas is 10.5. I have them finishing above that. 11 and 6 is where I have the Rams going. Obviously, the biggest change is at the quarterback position. Matthew Stafford comes to town. Jared Goff, out of there. Deshaun Jackson's over there. Uh, Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator. So a third defensive coordinator in three years for the Rams as they went from Wade Phillips to Brandon Staley to now uh, Raheem Morris, I believe, is their defensive coordinator right now. Uh, they did re-sign Andrew Whitworth, so keeping their offensive line solid. I think the biggest thing with the Rams is they are so top-heavy. The fact that they have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, uh, these pieces on offense, Matthew Stafford, uh, has allowed them to be good, but it has cost them a lot of free agents. I did notice a big thing that I, it looks like they lost almost as many free agents as they really gained. Josh Johnson, the safety is gone. Uh, Michael Brocker has gone. Yeah, John's on Johnson. My bad. I think of the quarterback there. Um, <laughs> Gerald Everett goes to Seattle. So, and Samson Ibukam, like you mentioned, goes from the Rams to the Niners. There's a lot of expectations on the Rams this year. A lot of people are looking like them. They have to get to the Super Bowl when they made this big declaration. Okay, the problem was Jared Goff. We got Matthew Stafford. We should be good to go now. But I think there's so much pressure. I don't know who's more pressure, Sean McVay or Matthew Stafford, because Matthew Stafford. Everyone used to just play it off. Oh, he plays on the Lions. Well, that's not a problem anymore, Matt. You're now with a team that has Super Bowl expectations. What are you going to do? What do you make of the Rams? What do you make of this season and their expectations? I can see the Rams winning 11 or 12 games this year. Uh, you know, they definitely needed to upgrade the quarterback position, and that's what they did this offseason by bringing in Matt Stafford. The Matt Stafford, you know, he is an excellent passer. He's a prolific passer. I could easily see him throwing for 5,000 yards in this Rams offense. Now, now, the knock against Stafford is he doesn't have playoff success, but, you know, he was in with the Detroit Lions. I'm not sure why they got rid of Jim Caldwell. He was probably his best head coach there when, uh, you know, when Matt Stafford was in Detroit. And, you know, Matt Stafford never really had the running game. Um, he never really had a, a great defense like that. 
uh, like he has with the Rams now. And there's no question that Matt Stafford is on the best team probably of his career. When you look at both sides of the ball, it sucks that the Rams running back acres got that torn Achilles. That's a terrible injury, especially for a running back, especially for any athlete, Achilles injury is just terrible, but you know, they have, um, they have Henderson. He's solid. They have a lot of um, not household names at that running back position. Um, but I think they're, re- they're going to rely on Stafford to throw the ball. They have a plethora of weapons offensively. You mentioned Deshaun Jackson. They have Woods. They have Cooper Cup. I believe they have a pretty solid tight end. And, and I've, I've interviewed some Rams fans, and they, they talk about this guy. I think his name is Jacob Harris at tight end. They say he's the next George Kittle. So, so clearly they're not being very objective. They don't know what they're talking about. But, um, you know, the, you mentioned that the Rams are top heavy. You know, they have Ramsey. They got Donald. They have uh, Leonard Floyd. Um, but after that, who do they have? And we'll see who they have once we play them this year. I think the Rams, they'll win probably 11 or 12 games this year. If you've seen the Rams schedule, their first six games are pretty tough. I think they play like four or five playoff teams from last year. Uh, so that's definitely something to look at. The Rams will have to get off to a fast start. Uh, they can't start off the season like two and four or anything like that. And that'll be a nice test for Stafford. Your first six games are going to be pretty tough. How can the Rams do? And you mentioned that the Rams have lost a lot of free agents, I think, because their salary cap. You know, they, they Aaron Donald, one of the highest paid defensive players. Jalen Ramsey, one of the highest paid defensive players, and they don't care about their draft picks. <laughs> you know, they, they gave away, I think, two for Jalen Ramsey. And also, they're still paying Jared Goff. They're still paying Todd Gurley. So they're not going to have much salary cap. But for this year, I can see them winning maybe about 11 or 12 games this year. I do give it to the Rams ownership and front office that they have a very go for it mentality. Uh, the fact that they could look at their team and say, okay, we have this roster. We think we're just missing missing at the quarterback position. They're like, okay, Matthew Stafford, let's do it. And I, I find it funny how that trade came together. Apparently, they were talking in Cabo, and Sean McVay had to steal him away from Kyle Shanahan. How different would that have turned out if uh, the Niners pursued Matthew Stafford? I don't know. I, I guess I have a tough time separating what's Detroit and what's Matthew Stafford as a quarterback that's been talked about as a top 10 quarterback in the league for years now. I just would have expected that he we would have seen more seasons in which he rose above the talent on the roster, like we've seen so many other quarterbacks be able to do over his time. And the fact that we never really saw that from that, I think the biggest thing that Sean McVay could provide to him is less having to think about it, less having to play hero ball out there. It's a run-first team. I, I know you mentioned Cam Akers went down with the Achilles injury, but definitely Daryl Henderson, Jake Funk, uh, the other kid they have on there, uh, Xavier Jones, I think is a solid committee and you know, they're like the Niners in that way. They'll use the committee back system to achieve their ends. They, they don't rely on necessarily that workhorse back anymore. Uh, a lot of people are also high on their wide receiver out of the second round Tutu Atwell. They think he could provide another dimension to that offense as well. The Rams are going to be scary. I'm not going to lie. I don't think the Niners are going to be able to sweep them this year. Like I mentioned, this division is going to come down to who can make the tie- most out of their tiebreakers. Who's going to be that team that rises above three and three in the division. And if the Rams could just steal a couple games here from the Niners or steal some from the Seahawks, that could be the difference as far as them rising above. Right now, based off the division, uh, and again, I hope this isn't a spoiler for my next team here, I have them finishing third because uh, I have them finishing behind the Seahawks and the Niners. Mm, interesting. And it's funny because we play the Rams the last game of the season this year. So, you know, that could determine, you know, who wins the division. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because every team, obviously, I think 
all the four teams. I don't think any team will sweep another team. I think, honestly, I think a lot of, a lot of our in division games will, will split. Um, that's how I see it. And, um, and, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to the season. I think the biggest loss though is going to be uh brand Staley for nothing else. Hmm. The number one defense, third year of uh, defensive coordinator switch. And it's not like Sean McVay is out there calling defense. So I, I right. think that that's going to be a lot for the Rams there. But moving into the last team in the division, last year's division winners, uh, the team <laughs> that I resent having to talk about the most, but those Seahawks, they're pesky, man. Last year, they finished the season 12 and four. This year, Vegas has their over under at 10 wins. This season, I have them tying the Niners at 12 and five. I think it's going to come down to the very end as it always does whenever the Niners are good. It's just this, Russell Wilson, man, you know, when you have that Hall of Fame quarterback who just scrambles out of the pocket and makes some crazy bullshit happen, uh, I think <laughs> it just makes it so much difficult for the Niners. No matter how good our defense is, no matter how good the pass rush is, he just manages to do one little turn, a little juke move, and suddenly he's throwing it down the field to, I guess this season, it will be uh, <laughs> throwing it down the field to uh, Gerald Everett, <laughs> 50 yards, I don't know, yeah. whatever. Anyway, moving into their key additions, so Gabe Jackson, Gerald Everett, Akel Weatherspoon, who they still away from the Niners, and they also steal away, steal away Kerry Hyder because they just love to steal our talent <laughs> figures. Key losses, uh, David Moore, Carlos High, Philip Dorsett, not a ton of talent there. They did make a lot of re-signing, so bringing back Carlos Dunlap, who really helped their pass rush last year. Early part of the season, the Seahawks were just allowing points on points on points. Get Carlos Dunlap, and that seems to cease, especially also when Jamal Adams got healthy as well. They just paid Jamal Adams a fiend's ransom as he got $70 million guaranteed, I believe I saw. Tyler Lockett also re-signed. And then they only had three draft picks. This was one of the things that stood out to me. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, second round. Trey Brown, cornerback. And then Stone Forsythe in the sixth round. So a couple additions on the offensive line. You know, the Seahawks, we just look at their roster every year and we underrate them. And it makes sense in our heads. But then the games start and suddenly... Again, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, they're doing something and they're winning games. So Seahawks, what do you think this year? Another year where they remain competitive? Absolutely. They'll be competitive as long as Russell Wilson would be under center. Ever since he was drafted by the Seahawks, you know, there's always been a battle between the Seahawks and Niners in the division. Even going back to Harbaugh, they've always had great games and it usually comes down to the wire. Uh, and Russell Wilson, you know, with Russell Wilson under center, you're just never – you're never out of the game, you know, with the Seahawks. It doesn't matter. He can he can always escape the pressure, get out of the pocket, throw deep. He has a plethora of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, as you mentioned, DK, Tyler Lockett, uh, Eskridge, another wide receiver, and they also have Gerald Everett as well. So uh, the Seahawks will be a problem, and I, I, I'm happy for Kerry Hyder. I'm glad he got paid. He balled out for the Niners last year. He was our best edge rusher last year, and hopefully Akello plays well with Seattle. Um, you know, I know Akello, he had a, some pretty good games in 2019. He kind of lost his confidence. He got hurt and he really wasn't the same cornerback. Um, but as you mentioned, their biggest free agent signing or, you know, re-signing was Jamal Adams. He's definitely a difference maker on that defensive side of the ball. They still got Bobby Wags. Don't, don't sleep on Bobby Wagner. He's still a beast. Uh, he's still one of the best linebackers in the NFL for sure. And Jamal Adams helps, you know, that pass rush along with Hyder, along with uh, Carlos Delnap, you mentioned, who they acquired from Cincinnati uh, last year. Um, I think Seattle will still be a problem, and I think they could easily win in between that 11 to 13 game range, I think. 
uh, because you're never out of a game with Russell Wilson. He's still the best quarterback uh, in the NFC West, and he's probably still, I would say, a top three, top five quarterback in the NFL. Be honest. How excited were you when you were hearing those Russell Wilson trade rumors earlier <laughs> in the year? I was on pins and needles, man. I, I was hoping I was hoping the Seattle Seahawks would make the dumbest decision in their franchise history by trading away Russell Wilson. I would, I would, I would be thrilled. <laughs> Send him to the AFC. Raiders, exactly. Dolphins, anyone we don't anyone. play once every four years. Take exactly. him. <laughs> because God, if if it wasn't for Russell Wilson in this division, I feel like the Niners' success would have changed so much. Other than, you know, of course, the Chip Cowley and Jim Tom Sewell years. Russell yeah. Wilson, here, Seahawks fans, if you're watching this, this is two Niners fans praising your quarterback. Yeah. Just know it. Game recognized game. Absolutely. And uh Russell Wilson's the magic man. So uh Another good year for the Seahawks. Another fun year in the NFC West, the most competitive division in football. All right, Jay. Well, thank you so much for jumping on here with me, man. Uh, tell me, what are some things you're working on? What's next for you, man? Hey, I, I, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, I just passed a 1K uh, subscriber mark. It's a huge, huge milestone. So I'm still kind of in that 1K subscriber high. Um, and because this has been a goal of mine since I started doing YouTube, but I'm very excited for the season. Um, you know, obviously excited for preseason. I plan on doing, you know, like pregame, postgame on my channel, Jay in the Bay on YouTube. Check it out. Um, also, I want to do interviews with opposing teams. So we play Detroit week one. I want to talk to a Detroit Lions fan, see their outlook on the season. Um, but the sky is the limit for Jay in the Bay YouTube channel. Just getting started. Make sure you follow me on IG and Twitter as well. And I'm excited for 49er football, and I can't wait to connect with more 49ers fans. And, um, you know, uh, the season is almost upon us. We've got, what, like maybe like three weeks, three weeks or so until game one against Detroit. And, uh, you know, I can't wait. All right. Well, faithful to the Bay, Jay in the Bay. Give us a, give us a what's good to head it out. <laughs> what's good? All right. <laughs> Slump Busters, check him out, Jay in the Bay, on YouTube, on Instagram. Check us out and hit that subscribe button at Slump Buster Podcast on IG, at Slump Buster Pod on Twitter. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP at cavemancoffeeco.com. Yes, cavemancoffeeco.com for some delicious coffee. Stay safe, happy, and healthy, and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>